Thank you for joining us at God's Men's The Table. My name is Brother Theron, and I'll be your host. We're here sitting around the table with a few of my friends, and we're discussing our journey of becoming the men that God has intended us to be. And our goal is to help you with that walk as well. We're going to look at different subjects and things that are going on in the world from a men of God's point of view. It's not always easy, but taking that journey, we want to work together and be definitely become the men that God has created us to be. Hope you enjoy the podcast and what we have to say, and I definitely hope you get something out of it. Father, thank you for this day, Father. Thank you for giving us good health and bringing us together this morning, Father God, that we can just speak to the lives of the men and women that are listening, Father God. Let us be able to pour into them, Father God, through our experiences and through the things we say, things that we do today, Father God. We ask that you bless all of us, Father God, that the wisdom comes out of us, Father God. Yes, Lord. And we can continue to grow in the word as well, Father. So all these things, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we had got a few questions from a couple of people who are on my side that was listening to um, our podcast. And uh, one of the questions that was asked is, why is it hard for men to have relationships with other men? And then I'm going to start off with um, start off with Pastor T. What, what's your thought on that? Um, well, I think there could be uh, could have been challenges with uh, not having a father. Could be one, um, uh, or even. Uh, I think that probably would be the first part I would look, you know, not having uh, a good relationship with their father could be one. And then, um, you know, there, we have to, we cannot ever lose sight that there is an enemy. There's a spirit of division, um, you know, and it's God's plan that we all come together in unity. So uh, if he can take any kind of difference and amplify it and hate, you will always have strife and division. That's good. Uh, Pastor Ron? Mm-hmm. I was thinking on the question. I, I remember a teacher mentioning once the wiring of men versus the wiring of women. Why, you know, women tend to have these large fellowships and get together in mass numbers while men, yeah, you know, not as large that that we have natural tendencies to compete. One of the things I think, you know, uh, when they, they, they talked about the gatherings, if the women get together and say, OK, you bring this, you bring that. I'll take care of this. You take that. While men will get together and argue over whose team is better and compete with one another and and, uh, you know, end up end up in a debate and, 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 and contest for who has better this and who has longer that and blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's like a testosterone issue. And I, I thought it was an interesting take on things. Um, you know, women to get together and they'll be real easy about who can bring what food. Men say, well, you 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 bring the chips. You live closer. You did this. And you end up competing to some degree with a little bit with one another. I think that leads to some of it. We've been taught to sometimes compete, not really complete when it comes to other men. 
you know, uh, uh, compete for this and compete for that. So we tend to perceive other men as sometimes more of a challenge. You know, uh, even brothers grow up. The younger one's trying to beat the older one, and the older trying to finally beat the the younger in this sport and that competition and things of that nature. There's this n- almost natural tendency to measure ourselves against other men, and um, I think that is might contribute to the sort of natural animosity, the desire to win, the desire to be the best, to be the top, uh, things of that nature, that natural competitiveness that comes with having an injection of testosterone. I tend to lean toward believing that plays a little bit of the world, even with the uh, uh, sin, definitely. We know, Pastor T, you, you ride on it to some degree. You know, I believe that like even with growing up with fathers, you know, as the young men become men, the father is like, well, you know, I got beat my son down. I got to keep him in his place and he's not going, you never going to be better than me or what have you. Uh, that natural, that overcoming that tendency of testosterone to have to win against other men, as opposed to seeing ourselves as being on the same team. I believe it contributes to just what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elder T. Amen. I, I would agree with uh, what both of you, my brothers, have uh, have said. Uh, definitely, it's a, it's uh, just an, an outcome of sin. Uh, but I would also uh, uh, add that uh, that that piece with the testosterone and and competing and being competitive and and it does not help that uh, the world uh, sends the image of you know, you got to be a tough guy. So if you're going to uh-huh. be a tough guy, that's going to be hard to come together and, and gather. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're showing that picture of, you know, John Wayne, Shaft, Rambo, <laughs> mm-hmm. all, all these guys as knocking heads and, and they, they don't have any friends, but they're getting it done. So, you know, that, that's part of the, the image that's portrayed out there, too. And if we buy into that, that just keeps us divided, especially in this particular season. So I've never true. I've never seen more black movies on TV and Netflix than I ever have in a long time. <laughs> I, hear you. I thought I was Shaft for a minute. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I told you Shaft was a bad Deacon Joe. Yeah. Well, I agree with what you you guys were saying. I think a lot of us is just competitiveness. Uh I think also we've we've raised to be kind of we grow up kind of trying to be kind of secretive you know you you keeping things inside you don't really you know man doesn't go out and talk about this and that you you know you just uh-huh. kind of lose trust trust in other people also unless you've just been you know grew up with them and get to know more about them so you don't just go right to a brother and, oh yeah you know i did this and i did that yeah so i think it takes a little while for us to uh you know get in and open up a little bit I know even at church, you know, you've got brothers that you meet when you get there. You know, it might take a year before you can start really going out and doing things together, or, you know, really finding more about who they are. And, oh, yeah, we went to the same school. I didn't know that. Right, you know, right. But you've been knowing them for a year because we don't open up and share that kind of stuff. Amen. And I think, you know, it's even worse when you've got, you know, the, the other sex around us. Oh, you, Lord. Know, you, well, you know, don't let the women know this. And, you know, don't say that around the women. So you, you, you'll think you're weak. <laughs> so um, I think a lot of that's been kind of put into us. And a lot of times we don't even realize it. You know, it's just part of being growing up as a man, talking to other people. Yes, sir. 
Yeah. Yeah, you know, let me let me take there's a pen of flowers on. Uh, that's one of the things that drew me to SSCC was the fact that brothers approached me and invited me out in a fellowship thing. And, and and like Deacon Joe was saying, sometimes a lot of men, you know, you don't always get to know other brothers right away. But the number of brothers I saw there and the fact that brothers were friendly and inviting and opening something kind of new for me and and I mean not well in churches and uh and it caught my interest and that's what helped draw me to the ministry so many years ago was how you brothers received me when I came there not as a threat not saying ooh who this guy think he is you know or what have you but were very receptive and very opening and very inviting and uh which offered an opportunity for relationship with men that I hadn't had to that degree in a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, At SSCC, I think that was the the same thing I experienced. We used to have, um, Oh man, I forgot his name. Deacon Anthony. And I remember he came up to me (laughs) and said, Hey, come to the, um, to the men's fellowship. And, um, he was yeah he was first one and that's when i kind of met deacon joe like uh-huh. and um pastor t outside of the um outside of the church and um i and, well yeah the next month he was like okay we're gonna work on this together so he was getting me involved and having me talk to um everybody else so it was like i was building relationships real quick and um i wasn't ready for it but he, he saw something in me that, you know, yep, let's build a relationship, have you meet the other brothers. And um, that's, yeah, that's the one thing about South Sacramento uh, Christian Center. We, we greet people at the door. I've, I've seen Deacon Joe, there's somebody, oh, you're a visitor. Okay, this, this, and this. And he'll even say, you know, we got a men's ministry. Uh, you know, we're going to meet in three weeks. We'll like for you to come on in and the guys are looking like, oh, okay, you know, somebody's actually talking to me. So that's... that moment, that moment talking about, I, I remember being almost uncomfortable. I received so many invitations to, <laughs> to me. I'm like, what do they want? They didn't have that. Say, what's going on? Is this a cult or what? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, something you're not used to that much. Right. I think yeah. also one of the parts of that was that the pastors even come up to you. Yeah. Pastor T come up and say something like. Wow, I haven't even gone through the gauntlet yet, and all of a sudden the pastor's coming and saying hi and introducing himself and stuff. Mm-hmm. And usually at other churches, you got to work your way up. You got to, mm-hmm. you know, learn to talk to the members. Then you get to lead the leaders, and then you go to the pastor. Right. I know that. Right. It, it was—it's interesting what you were saying about competition because um, the one time it, this was crazy because I—I I would have other guys who knew I played football. They were coming. Oh, what position you played? And it was like, yeah, I made 45 tackles in one game. And I'm like, all right, good for you. Um, <laughs> I don't care. But um, they brought their, they would bring their sons into it, which I found kind of interesting because they were like, well, my son is better than your son. And I'm like, look, first of all, <laughs> my son's a basketball player. <laughs> he don't care about football. <laughs> But it, it was this crazy on the whole competition thing, and it became, you know, my son is better than your son, and 
which they learned the hard way that their sons were not better than my son. Um, so it was like, <laughs> I would say, you don't want this boy on the football field. You know, um, he, he's a beast. And yeah, they found out. But I was just like, that is crazy because I felt that that pushed me more away from them because I was like, I'm not trying to get into the competition thing. Um, but that's the thing. See, there's almost a natural for men, almost now I'm trying to find the words for it, you know, to, find, to establish a pecking order mm-hmm. with other men. I mean, you find that in just plain religious churches, very tight, everybody's trying to distinguish themselves, find their place, find their mark. And, uh, and, and to some degree, you know, we just the thing with the sons, you know, hey, we push our sons to compete. We push them to excel. We push them to distinguish themselves. We, you know, they, it's kind of like a, a, a mindset, you know, get in there and let them know who you are. Get in there and show them, show them what you got. You represent me. You know, you get in right. there. And dads are the loudest ones on the side of the field, screaming and passing out and fighting with the referees and arguing with everybody and, you know, for their son, uh, feel they've been cheated. You know, dads are go off, you know, even more so than the moms. The moms just want everybody to win. Dads want, <laughs> they, want their son, get out there and let them know who you are. <laughs> you represent the family name. It, it's, it's like, you get what I'm saying? It's kind of like there's an underlying drive to distinguish yourself, which leads to a certain measure of competition. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Stand out to get acknowledged for what you do, and find your pecking order. Well, I, I may not be as good as him, but I'm definitely better than that person, and, and what have you. And uh, it, it's a little bit. I, I'm convinced from what I've read, uh, hardwired into the yeah. thinking of men to some degree, uh, as opposed to can everybody just get along? You ever heard the women say that? Uh, like on the in the NBA every year. I get caught up in the NBA. That's my sport. And and I and somebody, some woman is gonna say to me, I, I want to give the other person a chance. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> 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 well, we gotta take it. If they can't take us the chance, right. you know. <laughs> you know, if you can't handle it, get off the court. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You can't give everybody a chance. They won several right. times, they're gonna win seven more, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, you know, get up, and we get to bragging and got people you can't even talk to if their team don't win. Some brothers, you you know, you oh, don't yeah. even call me. <laughs> but the sisters feel all bad, like, well, they don't want it three times. Let somebody else win. It's right. somebody else's like, Different wiring, my brothers. <laughs> you. Come on now, don't make me preach. <laughs> Let somebody yep. else win. They better try to win themselves and yeah. <laughs> right, right. Tell That's you. so true. You know, we, we it's we're we're wired so differently from women. Mm-hmm. And I just believe part of our design is to conquer, to go get it. And then yes. when you think about it as men, well, how do we first gather? For the most part, it's through some kind of sports. Yes. Pretty we're not really here. gathering any other type of way for the most part. So we're we're we're, we're gathering in some type of sport. We come together as a team, but then there's a certain pecking order. I've heard that mm-hmm. thrown out. Even on the team, whatever sport it is, he's the yes. man, he's next up, True. so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, so so we're ingrained in that. And yes. then we come out of that, 
and we we arrive at a say a ministry or a group of and that's generally the other place where you're going to gather as as men you know uh-huh. a, a, a brotherhood ministry so if you you come into that and you're still coming in and the mind hasn't been renewed just yet uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you come in competing and pecking you order preach. and who's who and and all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff so it's just but it's truth. wonderful to be a part of a ministry that would be welcoming and, um, you know, show that love to a brother where they can come in and, and, and see that it's genuine and then uh-huh. start having that mind transform where, hey, it's not about the competition. We're all about, you know, being part of each other's journey and yes. being a blessing to one another. And then the whole bottom line is we, we're coming together to advance the kingdom. Uh, so. Yeah. That's the absolute truth, brother. You're speaking the truth. And a lot of brothers who come out of one world and come into the other in the kingdom, the kingdom mindset, they have a difficulty sometimes making that adjustment and trusting that these brothers for real. Are they really giving me a chance to speak, a chance to shine, you know, and uh, they've been so used to competing that the idea of completing one another is a foreign concept to them at first. And it takes time. Certainly. Yeah, I, I was that when when you was just saying that um, Elder T about you know we come together in the in the environment of a team because I grew up you know playing sports I was always on a team since oh my god third grade I believe and I always I would look at a person weird if they were like oh no I didn't play any organized sports and I'd be like what. You know, <laughs> right. what, what what do you mean you didn't play any organized right. sports? <laughs> Doesn't every guy play organized sports? And it's like, I I, 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 would, I have to share this story when um, I was about 25 and went uh, playing this basketball league. It was a church league. And um, I was like, hey, if I play in the church league, I won't be around these crazy brothers and, you know, no fights or anything. So I go to, we go to this um, one church to go play. They had a nice gym. And the pastor of the church walked in. This dude was like 6'6". And um, I was like, oh, this is going to be a game. And the pastor, when he hit that door, he said, hey, I leave my religion at the door. Wow. Oh, <laughs> Wow. Uh-oh. Is that a warning? I some elbows and stuff. Wow. I was afraid. Well, that's when I learned how to tithe. I was kind of afraid not to tithe at his church, but um <laughs> <it was> like, <laughs> I was like, man, he said he left his religion at the door. Wait a minute. This dude is for real. He was a warning. <laughs> you know, there's a show that comes on, I mean, a, a episode about the dream team. I know you brothers know about that. And uh I watched the dream team special documentary. Every time it comes on, because I thought it was fascinating that this coach would take all he said taking all of these high powered high profile athletes with nothing but ego and trying to make them work together as a team and the battle he had to go through because each one of them wanted to be the man mm-hmm. it was just mm-hmm. natural they they immediately started trying to set a peck in order you know of course right. michael jordan had a lot to say you know <laughs> 
Right. Hard bird <laughs> magic and 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 that fascinated me because the coach's part, all you they all interviewed him, and if you guys have seen it, but the coach said the challenge for him was getting all these egos to work together as a team. And I think that speaks to the 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 challenge of the pastor, you know, as he brings people in and trying to set the example to get them to work as a team and not right, trying right. to, you know, win over each other, how, how to complete and not compete with each other mm-hmm. uh, in, in whatever environment, church environment, basketball team. I think it's the same challenge with men to take that natural tendency to excel, that 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 hard wiring to win and to focus it in such a way that they pursue the good of the team instead of the accolades of the individual. Right. Right. Now, Pastor T, have you ran into that of where you had to um, bring a group? Well, yeah, you do with us deacons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> There's a, how do you deal with our egos? And <laughs> what did you see with that? Um, I think generally, well, my experience has been um, the folks that that have gathered, whether it's deacons or even employees, it always helps to have vision so that we can have a common goal uh, and everybody can just kind of feel their part where their strengths are and then people recognize, okay, this is something I'm not good at, but I'm good at this and people and the leader is able to kind of um, help people kind of find their spot, recognizing that, you know, we have a common goal or we have a common enemy. Uh, And in order for the team to win, every man has to do their part or every woman has to do their part. So I I think it's helpful to have just goal setting and having vision. That's true. Deacon Joe, since you're the head deacon, how do you put up with our egos and how do you blend us together to work with each other and work together. Well, after walking you around the church. <laughs> no, I agree with <laughs> I agree with uh, Pastor T. I mean, you, you, you have to have kind of a vision of uh, not only the group, but also the individual. You come in, you kind of see the attributes and weaknesses in people, and then you try and work them and help them set goals going towards their strength, you know, what they want to build on and all. So, you know, even though somebody wants to be the the lead for the first service and when I'm not there or something like that, you know, maybe that, you know, that's not their strength. So then you've got to kind of, you know, work them up so that they can either build up that strength to be a leader. Amen. Excuse me. Or, you know, you've got to try and redirect them to another position. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's hard because, no, they've got that set in their mind. This is what they're going to be. This is what they want to do. They know they can do it. And then, you know, sometimes they are, sometimes they're real lousy at it. And, you know, you've got to kind of just keep working with them and molding them, have them try and get them, get them to have a vision, too, of what they can do, what their strengths are. That's true. Amen. And a lot of prayer. A lot of, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> a lot of water. <laughs> yes, yes. So when the, the, say when the church reopens, what, have anybody taking on goals of what they'll do different or what they're going to approve on to bring men together and having relationships with them. Um, Pastor T. Um, I haven't think thought about doing anything differently. Um, 
I I know personally during this time our schedule mm-hmm. changed as far as our, our appearance in the office and things like that. Um, but the relationships that I had prior to all of this starting, I still have those relationships. And the the time that I now have, um, I'm really spending more time uh, developing my own self, develop more time studying, more time meditating in the word, more time praying. So that when we do gather together, um, you know, I just expect the Lord to have more fruit come forth uh, out of out of my life, uh, and and I just pray that everyone um, is using whatever if you do get the extra time that we're using to to develop our spirit, man. And it's because uh, you know we've said this before, it's like the fourth quarter, guys, and the best people are mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So we got to we got to do our part. Yeah. Uh, Elder T. Well, uh, the way I, I see that is we, we just pick up where we left off as far as, uh, you know, uh, the, the brotherhood. Uh, we had a pretty vibrant brotherhood, well laid out calendar for the year. And because of the pandemic, obviously, we haven't been able to connect uh, in person. But what, what we I just came off our first Zoom call. Uh, we, we decided uh, that we needed to to bring the brothers together via Zoom. So we, we had that last night, had a nice uh, turnout. And um, uh, yeah, it's just important, I believe, for us to, to continue to stay connected. And as Pastor T said, I mean, we're definitely using this time to, to work on ourselves spiritually. And uh, uh, then once the Lord allows us to go back to the church house, then we just uh, continue doing what we're doing uh, to advance the kingdom of God, to uh, uh, bless one another as brothers. And then uh, one other thing I'll say, too, is the uh, uh, Pastor T talked about that, that vision, and that, that is so on point. And, and that's something that I, I believe and what we try to do uh, at CCC is just constantly cast it. I mean, keep it before the people before the ministries that, hey, here's what we're all about, uh, because uh, if not, uh, even the church can get complacent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, move in a direction where, you, you know, get distracted or, or leave what the whole purpose is all about, whether it's the overall ministry or it's a, you know, ministries within the ministry. So. Have to mm-hmm. constantly cast that vision, Pastor uh, Pastor Ron. Well, I definitely sitting there thinking about it. Our my situation, and I say our situation isn't speaking for our the new ministry. You know, we are a relatively new ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, and we were at that building stage of building a foundation, uh, the, the 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 core group of individuals. And things of that nature. And we were growing our vision. And so for us, this is like a reboot. We're restarting all over to some degree. And and one of the things I have learned as uh, my being going to my third year in starting a church almost on the ground floor up, I have to be that uh, rah-rah cheerleader, that uh, um vision caster and i have to kind of reboot the relationship with a lot of people 
um, with the individuals for that matter, because we, we, we lost a lot of momentum, you know, we, so we, I have to gather and talk to people personally, one-on-one, almost like starting all over again, calling people on the phone, taking them to lunch, walk them around the church, like Deacon Joe, uh, whatever <laughs> it takes. I have to re reboot so that, because I'm the driving force for the momentum and the vision casting and to convince people that it's not broken, uh, it just stalled. And, and to get back in, to pick up where we left off, um, I try my best to stay in touch with everybody by electronic media and by phone for that matter. Because uh, you've ever been in a, in a church, a small church, there's a lot more intimacy. There's a lot right, more right. Yeah, relationship. <laughs> And in any relationship, you don't see each other for a while, you lose drive and momentum. So um, we have to reboot and start again. Uh, and that means calling the men. Uh, and there weren't that many. The women seem to outnumber the men like five to one, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so I mean, I'm on the phone. That means uh, I'm uh, taking people out to lunch again as soon as we can. Uh, re-emphasizing the vision, where we're going, having a plan that takes into consideration all the social distancing and safety things that right. uh, that have to be in place. And so they're making sure that the core group gets it so they can echo the vision of what we're doing in this season. I mean, this is a, 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 a challenging season for us. Because we were in the process of getting uh, uh, blessings for a new building, and 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 we're almost going to start like a reboot all over again with a, a, a nice infusion of finances, uh, all of which has sort of come to a screeching halt because of the virus issue. So um, I'm I'm basically trying to stay in people's ears and in their hearts uh, as a common bond to let them know uh, we've not lost anything. We've not We've not broken. We just stalled, and, uh, and and to get the momentum back to where we were. So um, it, a lot is going to be on me to talk, to connect, to uh, recast a vision with the additions of how are we going to stay safe in the age of Corona. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm I am praying, pastors. I am, you know, in God's ear, trying to say, show me how that this works. Uh, first time me, first time you. Okay, this is I've never dealt with this uh, building a church under these conditions before, but I trust God that He'll send brothers and leaders and voices and workers and core group people that have such a heart for the kingdom of God and for the body of Christ. They'll see the need to keep moving forward as a church body. Amen. Amen. Now, Deacon Joe, I know you and I have talked about some of the things that you want to do to bring the um, the deacon and the men closer together, have a relationship. Well, would you like to share some of those? Well, also, let me start with uh, kind of piggybacking on what Elder and the pastors have been saying, because uh, I think uh, and just in talking with different men of the church, you know, a lot of them have been going through stuff, and uh, I think we have to also kind of help them get through that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, staying at home, not going to work every Lord day. Lord have mercy. 
wearing masks, uh, the little things that are going to come up and, you know, the lot of resistance out about whether I wear a mask or not. Lauren. Uh, the social distancing. Now you walk into church and the seat you're going to wear, might see that. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden you don't have a seat. You got It's, it's in a different mm-hmm. location and none at all. Or you got to make an appointment to go to church. So I think getting them used to some of those things, especially the long time men, you know, well, I've been here for a hundred years, so I ought to have to be able to sit where I want to type of <laughs> thing. And that's not going to happen. No. So um, I think a lot of it's, first of all, helping them get adjusted and get through that. Um, so I think we're going to have to kind of retrain, you know, some of our deacons and all so we can get used to that. You know, what is the usher going to be doing now? So we need to sit down and kind of get some of their input on what they'd like to do and what we really need them to do. Because uh, people that have assigned seats, so you've got to put them in that assigned seat and be able to deal with them. When they say, I don't want to sit over here, I usually sit on that other side by sister so-and-so. And, you know, how to walk them through that without, you know, go sit down and go home, which is not the way we want to work it. Uh, you know, getting used to offering now. You're not going to be able to pass the bucket. Mm-hmm. So True. there'll be a lot of discussion about that. You know, why sure. not? Let's right. just have them march around. And no, no, that's not social distancing. So getting them through those things. Uh, how do we do our Bible study as men? Mm. You know, deacons usually get together in, before service, and not only is it Bible study, but it kind of prepares us. Now we've been there for you know 45 minutes to an hour and engaged in going through the Word. Now we're ready and, and pumped up, ready to go for first service, and second service, and third service, or whatever. We're going to have a third service. You know, One of them might be across the street at another facility while we clean up the first one. So, you know, you're going to get people that usually stay for one or two services to go to the third service. We're trying to work them through that. And, you know, as a volunteer, you're going to work two or three deacons that are faithful to, you know, do that all day or do the whole three services and wear themselves out after a month or two. So it's a few things, you know, that you've got to go through and, and try and work with people on just trying to get them rebooted and understanding a new way of life, which is going to be a new way of life for everybody now. You know, yeah. uh, one of the things you were talking about was um, also with um, having us meet on Saturdays, just getting coffee or breakfast um, to meet up and getting to know each other because we do have new men at the church. Right, right. I had kind of planned that before we got into the Corona situation. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of new men coming in. A lot of them, you know, want to work and get involved. They don't really, they know each other by name and all, but, you know, we don't, they don't have that close relationship like those of us who have been there for a while. So I suggested to a lot of them, well, let's get together for coffee, you know, once a month or something. We get together at one of the coffee shops or something, just kind of sit around and chat for an hour and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And everybody was agreeable for that. So I'd like to, you know, do that too. Then you're off campus and, you know, right. in a more relaxed environment. You know, maybe they'll even uh, graduate and get to go to Shea Soul with us one right. day. Well, and, uh, hey. I, don't know. <laughs> I know this is going to be a lot of work for right, that. Right, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think that way too, you're out of the church area mm-hmm. and people might be a little bit more relaxed and uh, can just sit down, chat a little bit more, kind of open up, feel comfortable, and get to know people on an outside of church basis, right. wearing your casual clothes and, mm-hmm. you know, find out that they all, all of them wearing the same team gear or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever is going on. Yeah. So this little different activities like that, we used to take little trips and go out uh, to other sites on Saturday, uh, go up into the mountains and, 
take a walk and then sit down and do some Bible study and stuff. So just little things to get us out and get us to know each other, fellowship a little bit more. Yeah, I, I like that idea, uh, my brother. Uh, we we do that uh, at CCC uh, every three months. We have a, a, a breakfast, and uh, it's very well received by the brothers. Then on top of that, we open it up for them to bring in a friend or someone they know who's in their sphere of influence, mm. and and uh, we go down to the Vallejo waterfront uh, to the front room or. Uh, we may go to, uh, you know, just one of the other breakfast places and, and mm-hmm. set aside a large area. And, uh, you know, it gives brothers an opportunity to, you know, uh, as you say, be more relaxed, not in the, quote, church environment. And uh, brothers are able to uh, fellowship and talk and get to get to know one another better. And no one's ever going to know everybody. But uh, we, we kind of preach each one, you know, reach one. And if everyone is connected to mm-hmm. somebody, then nobody is is being left out or, or missed mm. or, or feel like, you know, no one cares for me. So uh, we, we try to make sure right. that everybody's touched by somebody. Right. Well, I, I mean, that was the, when Deacon Joe was sharing that about the going out to coffee. I forgot to tell him. He just can't take him to stage coach because you might catch me and Pastor Ron there <laughs> eating our food. Yeah, know. sleep over there stuffed. <laughs> I'm telling you. So now another thing uh, that I would like to speak on is still on relationships, but then it comes to relationships with women and um, and our our wives basically. Um, I'm glad you clarified that. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you know, some of us, <laughs> you know, we in the same boat. Uh, but uh, um, Pastor T has always, um, I, I, I um, enjoy what he said when it comes to relationships uh, with his wife, um, how he treated her, and can you share share that with us, some Pastor T? Um, yeah, uh, when you, you said how um, how you talk to your wife, you treat you talk to her as she's a daughter of from God. Right, right, yeah. Um, you know, it's very, very easy to lose sight of uh, of the value that um, our wives bring to our lives. Um, and you know, Sabrina and I, we don't agree on a lot of a lot of a lot of things we don't agree about. Uh, just but over the years, you just learn to just kind of let stuff Amen. go. Uh, it's not it's not life or death. It's uh, you know, and you know, I I can get into a moment where I just can't see why she just didn't lose. <laughs> <laughs> and you I, too. <laughs> she probably sees the same thing about me. But at the end of the day, you know. Um, you know, loving our wives and having a, a a great relationship with our wives is reflection on us. Amen. Um, and so, uh, you know, if we if we despise our wives, or you know, it's it's a form of despising our own. That's self. right. And it's it's important that we never let the enemy push us to that point that we bring our thought life back into alignment. And that, you know, I know if there's anything that she does to me that I don't like or I think is straight wrong, uh, you know, I hear the same thing. 
forgive. That's what the Spirit of God is just, he always just says, just forgive. And just over the years, I've gotten better at forgiving and overlooking the offense and just acting as if it never happened. And so I think uh, it, we've been married for almost 28 years. Um, she's She has, historically, she has been better at that than I have. I would, I would be like, you know, I'm holding on to this just a little <laughs> bit longer than I need to. But over time, I've, I've matured and gotten better at it now. So that things can flow a lot smoothly in our marriage. Uh, Elder T. Amen. Well, praise God. Uh, he allows us to see uh, next month we'll be at 40 years. Oh, wow. And Amen. Praise the Lord. And, Amen. And, well, thank you so very much, my brothers. And I'll just share this. I have learned sometimes to surrender my rights. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> so, so, in other words, you know, this, this is you, you just you, you just let some things go to to have peace uh, in the home. And uh, I mean, if it's important, obviously, it's something that you deal with. But uh, you know, uh, we're we're two people who have come together to become one flesh. And evil, even over forty years, there's still you know, we're still growing and changing and, and working and differences and things like that. So uh, the one thing I would just share is, uh, um, you know, sometimes you just have to surrender your rights. And it's, it's just let it go, move on to the glory of God. and It's all going to get worked out. Mm. Amen. All right. Deacon, Deacon Joe. Well, Elder, I've got three years on you. We're forty-three this year. Well, praise Amen. God! <laughs> Congrats! And we Amen. both amazed, and we're both amazed that we made it that far. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need to write the book. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we still have our discussions, and you know, trying to find some middle ground. Uh, I've learned to, you know, surrender peacefully in a lot of them. Amen. Even after I explain why I shouldn't. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we still we still have each other's back. We're there for each other. When she sees I do, you know, I'm a little off course or doing something that I shouldn't be, then she'll be the first to tell me. Sometimes, you know, like a wife, and other times like a mother. Mm. And Amen. Uh, I, I've learned to, you know, get raise that hair on my back, but also sit down and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't don't agree or disagree. Right. Makes you be able to sleep a lot better. But. Um, you know, I think we do still have to try and maintain a relationship and always thinking back about why, you know, we got married in the first place. So it wasn't because somebody was pregnant or we we're forced into it by somebody's daddy. It's because, you know, we loved each other. We were right. friends first and, you know, mm -hmm. fell in love later. And we've always been there for each other. You know, when, when I was in the hospital with, with pneumonia, she was, you know, come every day, you know, bring me a little something, uh, tell other people at church who, other friends, you know, so they would know and come visit and surprise me and all. Um, when I got home, you know, I had to kind of learn to walk again. And, uh, you know, she helped me with that a little tougher than I thought because she took the walker on me. So I had to try to walk. <laughs> wow. But, uh, you know, if it wasn't for that, I, you know, I'd have probably been on there another month. <laughs> but, uh, you know, get up and, okay, come on to the, uh, come on in the dining room. Breakfast is ready. Yeah, where's my walker? 
oh no, you're not gonna get the walk of the day. You just walk down the hallway. Lord right. have mercy. So I did tough love. I did, you know, tough I was love. praying to God to not listen to what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, were you speaking in tongues? Oh, <laughs> Oh man, I had to so she wouldn't hear what I was saying. <laughs> then I'd have walked up there for nothing because the breakfast would have probably been gone. But uh, yeah, I think you you have to maintain a good relationship, and I, I've learned from her as well as my sisters. You know, like just got to put some effort in to have a relationship with the woman, Amen. You know, even if it's a coworker, a friend, a relative. Because we think differently, you know, we were talking on the same subject, and it's like, how did you come to that conclusion? Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, I'm seeing now that we think a little bit differently, and we, you know, we stack the bricks a little bit differently, but you know, we can still get along. We can still appreciate each other. Amen. Amen. Anything you want to add to that, Pastor Ron? Well, uh, you brothers all have my vote for. The Cliff and Claire Huxtable Award, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I hope you guys write the book that uh, how this is done because uh, it is important, especially in times of pressure. There's a, I mean, I, I get a chance to do my share of counseling, and uh, and just not too long ago, this is how the condition, the sad things have fallen. Um, I. I counsel a couple I, I knew the young man since he was three three years old but I you know not that closely intimately but I've known him since that long and he was getting married to a lady he met on the online dating to show you how much things have changed and they met in January and they wanted marital counseling they were going to get married in June and, uh, and after I and I sat down and asked them how they met and things of that nature and and it was just very messy it was uh you know she was living with somebody at the time that he met her and they ended up moving in together and and in order to get their conscience right they wanted to get married right away but they didn't really know each other when i sat down and talked to them and but you know i couldn't tell i mean i wasn't going to tell them that they weren't going to make it but uh, but I did sit down and t- ask them, how do you guys fight? How do you deal with disagreements? Have you talked about this? And and uh, have you talked about that? Do you have a plan for this? Do you know each other is this and that? Do you have date night? Do you have all the things that I thought should be common sense necessary to win? And uh, and they had talked about nothing. But they went ahead and got married. And uh, I kid you not. I performed the ceremony for the wedding at the last Saturday in June. Uh, and by three days later, she texted me and said that they were breaking up. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. It was, and and they threw me in the midst of all their conflict and talking back and forth and accusing one. And I said, you guys didn't take the time to know each other. I said, this is not how you plan I always and forever. So you brothers need to write the book on how to survive, kept your marriage survive, so that this generation can make it. Uh, he was forty eight, she was forty four. She was on her third marriage already. Wow. And, um, so you, you guys are rare to have the brothers that make it and and be able to count twenty, thirty years. That's not common anymore. You become a rarity, and these young people need to know what it looks like. 
to to be able to get someone and to make it work despite the fact that you may not agree with one another. So I my applause to you, brothers, really. Um, you know, to that that you have this ongoing consistency and it looks more like what we see in the Bible than what is happening in the world right now. Right. Now I've had the pleasure of um since with, after my breakup, but I've had um I've learned uh, so much from Pastor T and Deacon Joe because the very things that I had um that I, um I had to change was the very things it, it's funny how they tell it to you. They say it's in the word, read the word on this. Pastor T is good for it. He'll give you um scripture and things to look at and things to watch and um deacon joe just you know let's go for a walk um no (laughs) but um uh, pastor t was always giving me um things that um to build up my marriage at the time now it didn't work out but i saw the change in me now i think the split up was because we handled you know how you handle things different. And that's the one thing um, I've learned about in relationships um, with um, your wives is two different people is going to bring two different ways to get to a certain goal. And the goal is to work together, even though it's two different ways to get to that goal. And um, that was the one thing I learned, you know. And um, the, the other thing, because I thought – after this breakup, I'm I'm not messing with not getting married again. I'm gonna be I'm be cool single for the rest of my life. But um, Pastor T always brings up the movie. Oh, Pastor T, what's that movie? Where the de- oh, where the deacon was living <laughs> with the woman. Oh, oh yeah, this Christmas. This Christmas. <laughs> oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, nah, I don't want to be that deacon. Oh no. <laughs> But um, hanging out, uh, uh, Deacon Joe and uh, Mama Ollie, it was like they took me under their wing. And after church on Sundays, you know that 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 Sunday dinner, mm-hmm. just them taking, you know, let's let's go here for Sunday dinner, and um, you know, just being around that, I would see them, and it was like, wow. Yeah, I do want to um, be with somebody when I get older and grow, you know, grow old with someone because Deacon Joe and Mama Ollie's a crack up. They will have you cracking up. And um, I, I I watch that and it's like they are hilarious to me. And it's like that that was that was like, OK, now the next now the next one I find, I'm going to do it the right way, though. You know, I'm going to let let God you know, lead me and find the one, but, um, I hear you. It's, it's, um, it's hard because like you were saying, you know, there's online dating, but there's also people, um, they just look at things different. And I was watching a show the other day and the guy was like, he wasn't, he wasn't going to have any sexual relations until he got married. And one lady said, well, how can you do that? Don't you have test drive the car before you buy it? And I was like, oh, my God, this is not a car, first of all. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was, wow. 
And when I heard that, I was just like, man. But, you know, but if y'all do know a woman who, you know, I have a couple of goats and a cow, you know, we can make a prearranged marriage. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> you know. Uh, but what is the, um, what do you see some of the, um, the problems with relationships between men and women uh, nowadays? Oh, uh, Pastor Ron, we'll start with you. I tell you what. Well, I, like I said, I, I, I can't speak from a, a position of victory. You know, I've I've been married twice, and uh, but I watch a lot, and a lot of them say don't know how to heal up from their old wounds. They carry old wounds into new relationships, mm-hmm. and uh, many of them come in with their fists high and it guards up. And, um, <laughs> and, and and I'm telling you, they they already ready to box, and it takes you a couple of years just for them to calm down, let them know I'm not your enemy. And um, the, I've seen a number of brothers who had complaints that they get into the relationship and get in Alaska, they felt like they were paying another man's bill, you know. And uh, and a lot of sisters had the same complaint, the stereotype. A lot of them carried fear of their old mistakes into their new relationship, you know, or are they are they use marriage like a band-aid to try to cover an old wound? And um, a lot of people don't go into it whole. They go on expecting the other person to make them whole, or they don't take the time to heal up from one thing to another um, for that matter. So they go in with a lot of you're going to make me better expectations. And if you, you know, as we know, the covenant is not about, it's not the same as a contract. Okay. A contract is done to guarantee the other party holds their end. A covenant, you come in giving what you have to the other person. You know, I'm, 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 I'm committing all that I have to you. And a lot of couples don't know how to get into a covenant. They go in with the with the Janet Jackson attitude. What have you done for me lately? Mm. And uh, as opposed to going in uh, in a true covenant where I'm marrying this person because I'm going to give all that I have to them. I'm going to treat them like a queen or a king. Mm-hmm. That sentiment is being lost nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we taught all over. That's one of the things I remember from Dr. Godot always teaching that, it, you know, she's your, you know, if you, if she's your queen, you got to treat her like a queen, treat your wife like a queen. If you're a king, you know, and, and I said, they have that right. That's the part of covenant. But it's being lost nowadays. Uh, people are, tend to live together because they're afraid to make that covenant commitment. and But they want the benefit, but they don't want the commitment. Right. Uh, and, and it's a lot of fear. A lot of fear. Nowadays. And this is why we've got to get back to. we got to get people healed and whole and teach them how to forgive, how to let go of old wounds so they can offer their whole self into a covenant relationship with the opposite sex. Mm. That sounds good. Elder T? What I would add to that, and I, I agree with uh, what uh, Pastor Ron just shared. And I, I also think that society over years is, you know, with the whole mm-hmm. feminist movement, and I, mm. I now, you know, hear me, my brothers, I believe it 
that was a good thing because women were not um, treated properly. Uh, Understood. You know, uh, back in time. But I think that movement is also, um, you know, anything that that's kind of good, the enemy steps in and, and takes it uh, and, and, and makes it bad. And I think that that uh, part of that mindset, you probably have more aggressive uh, uh, women nowadays. And then it becomes uh, the competition in the marriage. Who's going to, to run things? Uh there's a message out there that basically says that, you know, you know, women don't even need a man to, to, mm. to have a child and, and all these other kind of things. So uh, some are going into the marriage with that kind of mindset and, you know, it's wounded and, and fists up and all those other kind of things. And, mm. and I just think that there's a, a battle over who's going to run things and, who's in control as opposed to uh, the two becoming one flesh and complementing one another and working through the differences and, and, you know, both sides get the chip off your shoulder and come on together and work it out to the glory of God. And then I think the other piece too, is that, uh, man, God just has to be the centerpiece in it to hold it Mm -hmm. together when it's starting to go left, right, uh, he's able to bring it back together. And then that, that requires both parties uh, being on one accord that God is the centerpiece and, and everything revolves around him, including the relationship. And uh, I just kind of see that some of the situations that I, I... Amen. Amen. Uh, Pastor T. Oh, all right. Well, we'll go to Deacon Joe. Yeah, I uh, agree kind of with what's been said so far. I think the other thing is uh, one of the things we do, or I've learned to do, we didn't necessarily do it from the beginning, but uh, getting your mate's or partner's opinion. Uh You know, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to go and buy this. What do you think? You know, all the way from, you know, buying the home, the car, even groceries, uh, clothes and stuff. You know, uh, we went to, uh, we were in Southern California. She wanted to go to the garment district. We were just on a little vacation. And we went to the suit store. You know, I'm looking at the suits I like. And I ended up with about four suits that she picked out. Mm. But, uh, you know, I wear them. I like them. But, you know, she, I asked for her input and, you know, she gave it. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, I like the suits. I wear them to church all the time now. But, um, you know, if I went by myself, it would probably been a whole different selection and I'd be hearing about it. But I think getting the, getting the feedback and input from them. And, you know, even if you disagree with it, at least I asked, you know, she does the same thing. So uh, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, just not being too steadfast in what you want or how you're going to handle things. Because uh, that's when you start, everybody starts digging in and you spend a lot of time on something that, you know, you probably could have just turned your back on. So I think kind of picking your battles, uh, you know, communicating with each other, at least, you know, don't don't make the other person feel like you're doing something behind your back. You know, you went out and bought this and didn't ask me type thing or, you know, didn't ask my opinion on where we're going for vacation and stuff. Uh, and finding out what's important to the other person, 
Right, right. What are the things that are really important to them so you'll know, you know, not to create a battle out of it? This is true. Uh, Pastor T? Is he either asleep or we lost him? Uh, No, I think we might have lost him. Well, I'll I'll say this. Um, It's true about when it's like on vacation. When uh, me and my ex, we went on a vacation, my input, she didn't ask me my input on it. It's just like, we're going we're going to New York and this is what we're doing. And it was like, what, huh? Wait, uh, you know, wait. <laughs> I, I got family in, um, you know, cause I have family in New York and New Jersey and actually Philadelphia. And it was, we're going to do this, this and this. And it was like no consideration about seeing my family. And they were thrown in at the last moment, you know. So, oh, okay. Well, we'll see them on Sunday, and it was like, oh, okay. Wow, thank you. Um, but you know, when you do things like that, but that's that. Um, like you said, that give and take. But um, also, one of the things I've noticed nowadays, I blame. Uh, well, yeah, no, I'm gonna blame TV on this. We got these reality shows out there that just. Not I'm I'm gonna talk about with black women because we're black men and but um I think they make black women look bad on TV to the point where the minute we go out and a woman says something or we're like oh that's that's what they do on TV I gotta watch out for that one because mm-hmm. I have one. She told me, why are men um, intimidated by strong, independent black women? And I just looked at her and said, we're not. <laughs> I said, we're not. It's, you just got to mention it all the time. And I said, you, the minute you, know, you want to be the head of the house because you think you make more or this or this, you're, you're going against the man. And that's why he's mad. It's, it has nothing to do that you make more. It's just this is the light that is being shown to us now on 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 real as they say reality TV. Um, what is your outlook on that? Well, I got to speak up on that one because it's a you, you remember. Uh, I'm trying to find the example. They got people that start fights for other people and sit back and watch and get, and entertain <laughs> voyeurism. You know. And you talking yeah, about the in, uh, instigator, instigators, and that's what <laughs> some of the, the media has become. That and and um and and then the people on reality TV they they instigate those fights, set stuff up, and then sit back and act like this is the way they really are. Yeah, you know? and, and I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. I said that's you know you watch the instigate. Even on the media, the news does that where they'll somebody will make one comment or write a post and they go run to the person they posted about and say, did you hear what so-and-so said? And then that person, well, they have a comment back and they'll say something. The media run back to that person. So it's also had a reaction about this and that. And I'm like, you guys are just instigating stuff. And then there's a voyeuristic spirit where they sit back and watch people fight the, the Jerry Springer era. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's because it's not just the women; it's the men as well. Those are, it takes two people to fight. Okay. It takes two to argue. It's not an argument unless both sides do it. And and many times we're 
as members of one side, we're more sensitive to what the other side is doing, but both sides are participating. You know, uh, um, it's not a one-sided thing per se. It just is a narrative that each side has been given. And we know it well, what that side always say, you know, that, you know, I, I run into the strong women argument and I always tell them, I said, look, don't confuse strength with anger. You know, don't don't give me anger and then, and then declare it to be strength. But then I also have to watch my own self when I'm pushed back and stand up, you know, and get that no woman going to tell me what to do or nobody going to take me ever. Nobody going to hurt me ever again. And, and I'm a man. I'm going to, you know, I'm, and I start repeating the narrative that's been fed to me by the instigators. Mm. I think. You know, like the brothers were saying earlier, knowing when to yield for the sake of peace is more important than trying to win. Right, yeah. right. And, and a lot of times that the mindset that's being fed by the instigators is, well, you got pumped. You got to win. You got to get them back. You got to scoop up for yourself. And I'm like, that really is no way for you to win as a couple. And that has to come down for the sake of peace. You know, even the which the Bible says over and over again, you know, why not be wronged for the sake of peace, for the, you know, to, to be able to keep things together. Uh, a soft answer, you know, turns away wrath and and learning how to how to maintain the peace in your home. Uh, uh, like like Deacon Joe said, sometimes it's not as important to win than it is to maintain peace. And sometimes we have to let it go. So, but the the Jerry Springer spirit doesn't want that. They want you to jump on each other, and men diving across the couch, and jumping on the other man, and, <laughs> and, and the women, you know. And I'm like, they feed us a narrative because so they can sit back and watch us fight. Mm-hmm. And they tell us this is the way it always is. I I don't believe it is. I you know, there's a lot of people buy into it. There's a lot of people that you know, are repeating what they've been told more so than what they know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I praise God for men like the ones on the phone uh, who recognize, hey, if I'm going to win with you, not over you, you know, That's then right. I got to learn what's important and what's not and not feed into the Jerry Springer narrative. Right. Elder T. Amen to that. Yeah, I would say amen to that, my brother. And it's uh, imagine the the number of young people who are growing up watching that. Lord have mercy. And being shaped by not only that, but all the other reckless behavior that's out there. Mm-hmm. And then they come into a union trying to, you know, I want to get married, but then their mindset is all messed up. Yes. You know, so I just believe it's important for that mind to be transformed. And the only thing that transformed our mind, as you brothers uh-huh. know, is the word of God. Amen. So speaking for brothers and sisters in Christ who are coming together, wanting to um, uh, become a union, that, that mind has to be renewed from all Amen. that bad data and tapes that are up there from things that uh, uh, we have been exposed to by the secular world. Yes. Showing what a relationship looks like and so on and so forth. And there's way more negative pictures out there than there are Cliff and Claire Huxtables. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. The narrative, you are not the father. Is that is that part of- Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, when um 
when I was off um, break, when I was coming out of the hospital from everything, paternity. I don't. I don't. 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 Don't blink. Don't. Don't judge me. Um, <laughs> paternity court and couples court. I I got into watching it because I was like, I understand. You know, I I was kind of like, why are people having this much drama? And it it I've never seen. And how can I put it? I've never seen so many black people on those shows, on shows before in my life. It was like, did you ever get embarrassed for them? Yes. I was like, <laughs> oh man, no! And it was like, well, he cheated on me, so I cheated on him with two other people, and now I don't know who the baby daddy is. And I'm like, oh, my I, I can't do it. Wow. I can't watch yeah. it. And, and I'm telling and, Judy and all of them, I can't do it. You know, it shows the dark side and the, and the damaged right. side. Of, mm-hmm. And I see the brothers and sisters on there. I cringe. I go, why y'all gotta air your dirty laundry? In front right. of the world like that, mm. and 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 make it reflect on everyone. I'm going, my good. Is there nothing good? But the the, the the world doesn't want the good stuff. They don't want the the as much the, the Cliff Huxtable, Claire Huxtable success right. as they want the Jerry Springer drama. Right, 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 right. It doesn't sell. T- it doesn't sell TV. It doesn't sell commercials or whatever. Right, right. And I, yeah, I was just like. This is crazy. And I will, you know, and now you got people taking lie detectors and, you know, uh, did he, and it was like, is this what relationships have come to? This is, uh, it, it, it had me thinking, I don't want to be out there. That's why I was like, no, I'll just be alone. You know, I'll just, um, I'll, I'll find me a girlfriend. But then, like I said, we don't want the, this Christmas um, look of, <laughs> Being the deacon, living with the um, one of the church. No, we can't do that either. But, uh, <laughs> right, right. So you just you just gonna walk the earth by yourself, eating locusts and honey. Yeah, and man, just, <laughs> <laughs> camel skin soup. Right. <laughs> no, he's no, he going to Jack in the Box. <laughs> man, I was like, whoa, sis. it's just crazy out there and the stuff. But I, we see so much on the um, TV where you don't see anything positive. And if you see something close to positive, oh, they shut that down real quick. It, I, don't, I, don't, I can't even think of anything that's positive out there right now. It doesn't sell tickets, bro. Yeah. It, right, right. <laughs> All about the money now. In audience. Come on. Now, who going to see a movie where everybody's happy and getting along and and uh, you know, not arguing and fighting and no drama. They- this is true. This is true. But you know, this is the part that I found that was really hard. And um, I'm glad that we are talking about this because I start like rooting for the um the worst possible um answer. I was like, Yeah, let it be somebody else. I remember it was like two guys, and they was like, um, the first guy, she was like, you're not the father. And then the uh-huh. second guy, it was like, you're not the father. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, now I got to turn this show off because now I'm rooting 
for something wrong, bad to happen. <laughs> right, right, right. Yep. Like, that's, that's the shaping of it. That's how your mind gets shaped, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, exactly. And it it was scary because, yeah, it was like, yeah, let, I hope it ain't, she, you know, it, it was bad. It was bad. The decline, the breakdown of the family, and we, we applaud it. That's right. Scary. That's scary, you know. I I right. I, I tried this, and I'm emphasize the word try. I try to hold to a standard that says, "Look, Lord God, don't let me sit and entertain myself on something that I couldn't watch with Jesus Christ in the room with me." Right, right. And, I, and right. that is hard because I mean, you'll be constantly changing channels. Yeah. Because um, there's some stuff in there that just I gotta break. That's gotta break God's heart. Yep. Yeah, you definitely can't watch Greenleaf. I tell you that much. <laughs> Greenleaf. Oh man, that messed me up for a minute there. I I didn't notice how messed up it had me until I quit watching it, and then it's like, oh okay, because that show has you looking at certain things when it comes to relationships and the church. So it was right. like a double whammy. <laughs> Well, now, have any of you brothers noticed, and I'm sure you have, how much homosexuality and transgenderism is weaving its way on a regular basis into TV shows and commercials? Yes. I've noticed that. Yes. 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 Certainly. My spirit just cringes. Yeah. You can't watch a show without seeing two guys or two women kissing. It's like, really? You see, they're promoting, they're advocating and trying to break down our reaction, you know, uh, yep. uh, so that it becomes the norm. Right, right. Well, and I, it I, is becoming the norm. Right. It is. Saying, how how it is, it is becoming the norm. Say that. And exactly. I'll, I'll add this. I, I love to travel and I've been a lot of places and I'm seeing it more and more in different countries that just shocks me but mm, uh the is busy with that anything god has set up the enemy is going to try to tear it down and discredit it and that's just so we're seeing sodom and gomorrah come to pass huh certainly wow i i, I, I think we're seeing that more and more um every day and um i think some people is to the point where it, they've 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 become immune to it, yeah, and because it's the norm, and they've grown up in it, and they've yes, or, or yep. they're yep. seeing it, and then you know if you have no, you know, uh, sense of God in your life, what you're seeing, you're receiving, and it's starting to to, uh, uh, I mean, you start to live it. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yes, yeah, say that. The, in yep. order for that yep. to thrive and be accepted as as a normal the new normal then the traditional family has to break down uh and fall apart to to support the narrative that says well we don't live this way anymore let's try it that way that did this didn't work the traditional biblical structured family nuclear family whatever they call it doesn't work anymore and now we got to find a new love a new standard a new normal and um people don't question the design because they've been soaking in it right, uh, right. so much and, and really they're after the next generation you know because you know those of us that grew up with a traditional family 
kind of, you know, I, I don't know if anybody, I cringe sometimes when I see it on TV. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I turned turn my head. But the other, the next generation, it's soaking in it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're right. being brainwashed. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, even and and it's no big thing to see it. It, it they, they expect no. to see it. They go to school with it. They it's yep. everywhere. Yep. And people's <laughs> reaction starts to dull down. They used to Certainly. pass out and stop shopping there and and have a fuss, but now they kind of cringe and let it go. And now it's just becoming normally sneak it in with these uh the, with the commercials. There's a couple of different commercials where. Every time I see him, I said, "Oh Lord, they they've got the whole roster of tra- right. of alternate lifestyles, you know, right, the transgenderism, right. the gay, the queer, the whatever the titles are, and uh, and in one commercial, they run about three or four different al- alongside the traditional family. Mm-hmm. You know? yep. <laughs> I'm like, they're really after us. They're they're pushing this always, even the cartoons now." Are starting to, to suggest and recommend alternative lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, yeah. I know I got mad when Sesame Street said Bert and Ernie were gay. I was like, mm. why? We they're gay? <laughs> it was crazy. They were like, oh yeah, they're and it's like Bert and Ernie have, you wow. know, all these years. Now you trying to make them gay. And it was like, yeah. These are kids. And let, Why? And then letting the kids die. Right. Yep. Kids aren't right. even innocent anymore. And um, yep. th- this goes back. I remember. I don't know. Y'all remember? Y'all remember when Chick Fil A came out and said we believe in the traditional family, and the world went crazy. The world went crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They tried to jump on them. That's the Sodom and Gomorrah mentality. Yep. yep. You know that is that's that's it in a nutshell. They can't. Everybody else can jump up and say they're for it. They jump up and say, "Well, we're for the traditional family." And all of a sudden, they're being protested and, mm-hmm, right. and uh, attacked and all kinds of things. Because in order for the new normal to be embraced and accepted, the old normal has to be torn down. Exactly, and um, yes, I, though I thought that was one of the greatest marketing moves ever, because I was like. <laughs> That had to be marketed because they knew people would come out and protest. And I think if people protest and the, the traditional families were going to come out and say, hey, we're for the traditional family. Um, the other day I was watching, um, oh, man, one of the sports shows. And he was speaking on that also, how he did research on a, um, people on a certain plateau. And he said. I'm all for the traditional family, but you you could tell he had to word it in a certain way. Oh yeah, so he won't get kicked off of TV for voicing his his opinion. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's yeah. what it's coming down to. You say the one wrong thing, and your history, you're fired. Yep, you're moved. Mm-hmm. You're, you're out. Shows canceled. Yep, <laughs> right. It's amazing right. the level of sensitivity. Yeah, I, I got called a homophobe because I said I don't believe in same-sex marriage, and I was like, "It's God's word that it's not. That's not supposed to be." Oh, you're right. just being. Uh, wait, then they threw. Well, aren't you a Christian? You're supposed to love everybody. 
Hey, I got an answer for that one. I tell them, I said, you know what? I said, what I do love everybody, I love them enough to tell them the truth. Right, right. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Somebody on the edge of a cliff, I'm not going to tell you it won't hurt. I'm going to tell you, you got to end your life. Right. Amen. And so it's, it's, um, I said, it's a little bit different when, um, you see all this on TV. And like you said, you just, it, it's crazy. It's like, how can you have a relationship with, um, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm afraid to date. I, I'm like, nah, I ain't going out there because I, I have a certain mindset. And if she says something wrong, it's going to be like, okay, I, I can't hang with you. Then I'm afraid of that. Oh, she's going to go off on me for, for how I feel about something. And it's like, nah, I just don't feel like putting up with it. So, you know, it's it's to the point where I'm scared at this time. Well, now we confessing this. My fear is that all the real women get taken and I have to, can't tell the difference between it's a real woman or a man-made woman. Oh, you know? You know? It, it, it <laughs> I'm like, Lord, God, don't let all the real women be gone, Lord. Or, right. <laughs> Man. It's like, oh, I, I know there's got to be there's got to be a, just a good woman out there. I know she's out there, and you know she's saying the same thing. She's looking for you. You looking for her? Yeah, right, right. I don't know because I turned on the TV after I was praying that I saw Phaedra, and I was like, oh no, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, that's, I tell the sisters all the time. I said, look, you're not alone. I said, there's a there's good men left, and there's definitely good women left because the women outnumber the men. You know, right. about, about big yep. digits, yep. and and so they're out there looking for the good man, and the, there's good men looking for a good woman. I said the issue is getting you guys together, right? A, yep. a form yep. where you can meet each other, and that's why right. I said start in church. If they in there worshiping the Lord God, the the odds are in your favor. You know, yep. so at least yep. you got that in common. Um, I actually met a sister. I'm a single brother, and I decided I'm getting ready to hit 58 in a couple of weeks. And I said, you know what? I'm going to, Lord God, send me a, a partner because the world's going crazy. I don't want it to end uh, by myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and I talked to a sister, and she was just as sweet as a day is long. But then she said she was a Christian. She don't, she won't, she don't believe in going to church and don't believe in studying about God. And I'm like, Hold up! That just what? Put my brain. Mm-hmm. Wow! What? <laughs> that don't add up. This doesn't. Not at all. <laughs> Praise God! It didn't add up. I said, "Ooh!" And I'm a Bible teacher. I said, "Well, I thank you for pleasure talking to you." Right. <laughs> <laughs> we got a problem. You know, it's like, well. Oh, look at the time. Um, no, that was, that was, yeah. <laughs> These new philosophies yeah. are killing me. Man, yes. At least you found out before you went too far. Amen. On the on the wrong side of the ring. You know, man. Yeah. Well, I it's just want to thank you. Go ahead, Deacon Joe. No, oh, not me. I'm sorry. Who was that? It, it, it was me. Go ahead. Oh, go Please. ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. I'm just agreeing with the brothers. Oh, okay. I was saying. Well, you can start it off then. Any parting words for today? <laughs> I'm gonna get you to talk anyway, now. See, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, praise God! Well, these are, are some unique and 
unique times, really. But I tell you what, there's strength in numbers with good brothers that have their heads on straight and their hearts on right. I praise God for you guys and to be able to discuss these things. That number one, know that we're not alone, you know, and that uh, and, and there is hope. I mean, I, I draw hope from hearing you brothers and what you've overcome and what you and, and what you see. And uh, it lets us know as, as a group that we're not in this thing alone. You know, we really are. It's a unique season. It's a challenging season. It, it is a changing season. But nonetheless, it's nothing, nothing that the Lord God didn't see coming. And as uh, long as we connect with two or three, you know, two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. And if any two should agree concerning anything, it shall be done for them. But their father is in heaven. So I, I just agree with you brothers right now that we're going to keep each other in prayer, support and strengthen each other and have each other's back. Come what may. Deacon Joe. Well, I'm enjoying these talks every week. Uh, takes me back to iron sharpening iron. You know, there you get go. the share our voice, but uh, we also pick up little bits and pieces that we can add to our, our pocketbook Amen. so that to uh, help guide our lives and help us when we're counseling and working with others. So uh -huh. uh, I just want to thank you, brothers, for the ability to meet each week. Uh, Pastor T got off and tried to get back on and it wouldn't let him in, so uh -huh. yeah, that's why he left. But, um, you know, it's a strong group here, and I appreciate it, our honesty, openness, and uh, we're looking forward to the next time we get together. Amen. Amen. And Elder T, this is, he's like our new member here. Oh, I know. <laughs> That's all right. I just want to say, first of all, Elder T, thank you. He, um, when one of the people weren't able to show up, I had asked him, and he said, hey, whenever you need me, let me know. And he, he has stepped in every time. So I, I appreciate Praise it. And um, yeah, we definitely got to take him to Shea So now because he's he's yep. a part of us. Um, so. There you go. That sounds you good about to me. The, <laughs> you told about the initiation, though, huh? Oh, yeah. 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 First him. He don't tell him about that yet. Um. <laughs> hey, for, bring for, the bill? for a plate of oxtails, I can handle the initiation. <laughs> right. I heard that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I God, God bless you, my brothers. I, I'm just thankful to uh, to be able to connect with some new brothers and and to to chop it up. And I, I definitely I love that passage of scripture that as iron sharpens iron, so one brother sharpens another. And mm. I'm being sharper and sharpened each Saturday that we come together and 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 talk. And then I'll sign off by saying this to you, brothers who are still out there looking. God has someone out there for you. So Amen. continue to do what Amen. you're doing, you know, to the glory of God and, and God will bring someone into your life. So uh, I'll Amen. just say, don't be thirsty, though. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Amen. That's true. That's wisdom. <laughs> well, I just want to say, uh, yeah, Pastor T, he tried to get back on. But, you know, the enemy's going to try to stop us, but he ain't stopping us. So yep. I guess no. right. we continue Amen. on. But uh, I just want to thank you, brothers, again. I'm looking forward to next week. Um, if we, if you guys come against, um, against, come up with any topics or if anybody talks to you about anything and you think it's a good thing for us to talk about, you know, just let me know. 
and we definitely will talk about it. Um, I'm I'm enjoying my time, and like I said, we're 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 getting out there. So I couldn't do it without y'all, and I, I thank y'all. I thank y'all. Amen. 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 Well, it's cool it's an honor. Well, yes. So I'm gonna say we'll be back next week. We'll have some good um, topics to talk about, and I appreciate you guys. Praise God. It's a blessing and an honor, brothers. Thank you. Yes. All right, y'all have a great day. And um, Pastor Ron, we're going to have, if you don't mind, pray us out. Amen. I'm just trying to hold back a sneeze in my nose here. Well, Father God, we're just grateful for the opportunity for to gather yes, as Lord. men of God who yes, know yes, the Lord yes, God, uh, uh, men with with wisdom, insight, knowledge, and understanding, Lord God, in the various areas of life. Thank you for blessing us to sharpen one another. Thank you yes, for keeping Lord. us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger during this time of unique season of challenge, Lord God. Yes, Thank Lord. you for blessing those to stand, Lord God. And, and I pray that those that are listening, Lord God, wherever they may be, they come to know our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and accept yes, him Lord. into their life and know the blessing and the benefit of plugging into the God of life. I yes, thank Lord. you, Lord God, for blessing our plans, Lord God, as we move forward. For Lord God, you said in your word that the many of the, pl- the plans of men, the many are the plans of men, but the purpose of God will stand. I thank you that your purpose for us in this season will manifest strongly in our yes, lives, in our families, in our marriages, Lord God, in every circumstance in which we are involved. We thank you. We trust you. We yes, believe Lord. you. And, yes, and, yes. and we love you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. All right. Thank you, my brothers. And I'm looking forward to next week. Amen. Same here. God Amen. bless you, brothers. God you bless. brothers have a blessed day, okay? All right. Yes, you do the same. Amen. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.